The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, you should have seen me. I was thinking like people driving by must have thought, what is that lad up to? Because it was the most awkward looking run because physically I was in so much pain from my hamstring and my foot, but I knew I couldn't stop. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. What is happening? Welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope you had an amazing Christmas, an amazing holiday, whatever you were celebrating. I hope you had and are still having a fantastic time. Graham, what's happening? We haven't discussed this. Mm. We haven't discussed what we're about to discuss. (laughs) This is our commitment to this podcast. You told me weeks ago that you did a marathon out out of the blue. You just said, oh, oh I did it. I go, what? Say what? And then I go, do you know what? I don't want to talk to you about it. Let's just continue our lives. Let's chit chat about other things. I want the first time that we talk about you doing a marathon to be on the Insulone podcast. Now, I do have a theory. Can I put my theory out there? Because we literally, I don't know why you did it. I don't know how you got on. I don't know anything about it. So I want to go, Blank slate, here's my theory. Go on. My theory is, because you told me you did a marathon, and I go, Jesus, that's mad. Then the next day, I sat down and I listened to the episode of Richie Allen, and I went to edit it. And Richie was all about getting yourself out of your comfort zone. He walked, what was it? He walked 100 kilometers in 24 hours. He did three marathons in 24 hours, but three different kind of practices. He ran, he... He ran, he cycled, and he rode. And then he's all about the next challenge, the next challenge. And I could feel how excited you were about it. And my theory is you listen to that and then you go, I'm doing a marathon. Now, am I right or wrong? I could be wrong. You might have been planning for ages not saying anything to anyone. You're right. Okay. But look, that episode was absolutely amazing. And even listening to Richie's story, like... I barely said a single word throughout that whole episode and I was sitting there listening to a story and just mind blown because he was so good at telling the story and the story in itself and like the challenges that he did were absolutely unbelievable. 
I loved a lot of things about that episode, but there was two things I really loved about it. One was it encapsulated perfectly what an Irish lad is all about in terms of when he was on holidays and he passed out and then all his friends really worried about him. And then one guy of his friends who didn't <laughs> know what was going on came down and basically ripped him apart for not drinking enough, considering he was having a really <laughs> tough time managing his diabetes. Yeah. Perfect uh, Irish lad behavior. And secondly, what I loved about it was he said that he used to be lazy mm-hmm. and that he was able to turn it around. And now all he wants to do is these challenges and he's looking forward to what he can do. It was like, wow, if you might, someone might consider themselves a lazy person and they go, I'm, I will never be able to do that. He was that person mm. and he did do it. He did it again and he wants to do something even bigger. So that's what I loved about it too. So let's get on to you and... Yeah, so sorry. Did you just, decide... Go, go on, go on. Even just to cut you off there. So... Of course, that episode played a part in me being mm. like, you know what? Let me do a marathon. 100%. Like, anybody who listens to that episode is going to be inspired by it. Don't care who you are or what you do, you're going to be inspired by it. That's just a fact. And I think I interviewed him at such a good time because I had, pl- I look, I've wanted to do a marathon this year. And for whatever reason, I just hadn't got around to it. And I got like, hadn't got, quote unquote, hadn't got around to it. I just didn't do one yet. Yeah. And that was kind of annoying me that I didn't do one because I had done that 48 hour challenge. Absolutely loved it. And I was like, I'm definitely going to do a marathon after that. I just didn't do one. And I was obviously focusing on other things or whatever throughout the year. Oh, that's the excuse that I'm going to use. Um, And then did the episode with Richie and I was like, you know what? Let's go. Let's do it. Yes. Um, and delighted that I did it. Now, because it's funny because I'm myself, I'm preparing to do a half marathon in March. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm doing like four and five kilometers here and there. And I mentioned it to you a few weeks ago. And you're like, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I did two half marathons there in a row. I go, what? <laughs> two half marathons in a row? <sighs> so oh, I've got so many questions that I don't want to jump. Okay, I'll ask this question and then I want to get yeah, back to kind of your preparation. How did the two half marathons in a row, you did it, was it like on a Monday and a Tuesday, wasn't it? Like two days after each other. Uh, yeah, it was a Mon- I think it was a Monday and a Wednesday. And then I, I did uh, a 10 or 15K on the Friday, I think it okay. was. Okay. How did that week with all that running compare to doing the marathon? It's a different beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like, I don't think you realize how long 42.2 kilometers actually is until you're running it. And the half marathon, I'd done a couple of them anyway, and I was kind of used to them. To a, like, yeah. oh, of course, they're difficult. I'm not going to say it's easy, but because I had done it already, I was kind of in the motion of it. Yeah. And yeah, the marathon was just kind of like a different beast. <laughs> okay. That's what I want to, I want to know, was there a mm. massive difference? And there is that. And I'm glad to hear that, that a half marathon is completely different to a full marathon. So that's made me feel... In my opinion, bit, yeah. Ah, no, no, no. Everyone's opinion. Oh, shh. Don't scare me. <laughs> Don't yeah. scare me. Right. Let's get back to... So you were... You decided, right, I'm going to do this marathon. Did you prepare for it in the same way that you did your your 48-hour challenge? So just for anyone who doesn't know, can you explain that 48-hour challenge you did earlier on in the year? Yeah, so the 48-hour challenge was running four miles every four hours 
for 48 hours straight. So for somebody who doesn't use miles, it's about 6.6K. So running 6.6K every four hours for 48 straight hours. And from what I remember, you actually didn't take that much insulin. I took zero. Yeah. Yeah. For the whole 48 hours, I took zero fast acne insulin. Now, of course, I had basal background insulin, but that was reduced significantly as well. But fast acting, zero over the whole 48 hours. It was it was mad. So did you go into the preparation for the marathon in the same kind of mindset of, right, I, I have the history of doing the 48 hour challenge. It probably will be something along the same lines or were you kind of like, it could go any way here? <laughs> to be honest, Graham, I, I didn't even prepare for it at all. Right. And not the smartest thing to do, but... My thought process behind that was I want to do a lot more challenges that are a lot longer than marathons, right? And I suppose my thought process behind not really preparing for it and kind of deciding the morning of was, well, look, if I'm going to be doing much longer challenges over like whatever space of time, I'm not going to be as prepared for... Um, like let's all right let's I'm, I'm kind of rambling here but let's say for example right i do 10 marathons in a month right just yeah. for the example right yeah. when i had decided to do the marathon on sunday morning unplanned in my head i was thinking maybe i should have planned for this but then the other side of my head was like well hold on a second if i'm planning on doing much more intense <laughs> endurance events like this in the future I'm not going to be as prepared for the 6th marathon or the 7th or the 8th or the ninth if I was to do 10 in a month do you know that kind of way? Yeah So yeah. Part, of, part of me was thinking well look I haven't prepared now I've obviously been running consistently it's not like I, I haven't ran anything over the past year I run all the time but part of me was thinking do you know what I haven't prepared but I'm just going to do it anyway, because there are going to be times when this is as prepared as I will be for an event or for a seventh marathon out of 10. Or do you know that kind of way? Yeah. I'm trying to articulate this, but I don't know if I'm doing a good no, job. So when you say you're, you're not prepared, you don't mean you weren't prepared in a sense of to actually run because you are fit, you are healthy, you do it all the time. You've been doing half marathons. So you're saying you you weren't going to prepare yourself uh, blood sugar wise as almost a test and to kind of exactly. see, let's see how this goes because in the future we've got bigger things planned. So if this goes well, then I know in, my, in the back of your head, you can kind of, you're one step closer to a bigger challenge. Yeah. Is that kind of hundred way it is? That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, because exactly. It. Would it be a case of where... Doing a marathon in your head in this time of your life probably isn't the, a big deal. Like it would be a big deal for me, but for you it's like, well, I do half marathons and I've got these plans to do bigger things. So I have to get this out of the way. So let's just do it. Well, no, not, not I'm not going to downplay a marathon. Do you know, like anybody who does a marathon, it's a, it's an amazing achievement. But I suppose what I want to do personally are, is progressively bigger things throughout the years. Yeah. So part of me was thinking, look, I'm not prepared in terms of what I've been doing 
the day of, the day before, two days before, in terms of like maybe fueling myself properly or making the adjustments to insulin, which is absolutely necessary. And somebody listening to this is probably thinking, well, that was a stupid thing to do. But I knew I was going to be doing it safely. I wasn't putting myself at risk. I suppose a big part of it for me was, look, I'm not 100% prepared here. I have bigger things planned. So let's jump in and let's see where my head is with it. So let's get into the morning of it. What did you eat beforehand and did you take insulin or what happened? I ran it on Sunday. On Saturday night, I was in foul humor. I don't know why. I was, I was just in a really bad mood, just to myself. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of like a bit fed up or whatever. Went to bed early and I was thinking in the back of my head, look, I don't have it overly busy day tomorrow maybe i'll just do a marathon tomorrow but that was kind of it and i went to bed and fell asleep then the next morning i got up regular time did a bit of work had breakfast which was a 12er surprise surprise Hmm. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that is it's two whole eggs and 10 egg whites but this time i had four whole eggs and eight egg whites so i had a 12er i had an avocado and two brioche buns. So took regular amount of insulin as I would and then did a bit more work. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to do a marathon today. So so it was after your breakfast. (laughs) Okay. So you had your breakfast and you had taken your insulin Mm. and then you're like, okay, let's do it. So you're doing your marathon. Go on. So even just with that, Right. If I had decided earlier in the morning that I was doing it, obviously I would have pulled back the amount of insulin that I was taking for that meal. So that's what I mean by I wasn't fully prepared in terms of what I was doing. Food, hydration, fueling myself. I always am hydrated, but even with the insulin adjustments, it was just kind of like last minute. So I actually didn't make any adjustment to my insulin. So seeing as you took insulin, did you then think it would be a good idea to get like more carbs on board or any other food to counterbalance the fact that the insulin was going to bring you down? No, no, because my bloods were perfect after it. So I'd accurately carb counted and my bloods kind of stayed flat line for the breakfast. So I did a bit more work and I can't remember if it was before or after the work I decided if I was going to do it. But anyway, I knew, <laughs> I knew that... I hadn't made adjustments to my insulin. I have now made the decision that I'm going to do the marathon. So I said, I'm going to go to the gym. <laughs> my logic behind that what? was, if I do a workout in the gym before, my bloods will probably slightly rise and then I can do the marathon. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> yeah. So that was it. I hope you listening are uh, as confused with with the, uh, our host Owen Castle as I am. So you decide you're going to do a marathon, but before you do a marathon, you're going to go to the gym. What did you work out in the gym? I want to know. Uh, I did leg session, no. big squats, hundred squats. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I did chest and back workouts. So I was doing okay. superset with like bench press and pull ups, lap pull downs, rows, flies, these kind of things. Yeah. So nothing that would 
kind of tire out my legs anyway. All right. But it probably wasn't a good idea because obviously you use up energy while you're doing a workout. <laughs> right. Uh, so you, you did your gym session. Your your bloods are rising. They didn't what? rise as much as I would hope. Okay. As I would have hoped. Well, you obviously didn't gym hard enough. On. Uh, yeah, I'm slacking, <laughs> slacking. <laughs> so what time did you head off for the marathon? So finished up in the gym at about half two. And then what I did was I brought with me like a couple of cereal bars and that kind of thing and, and, and a few bananas. So basically finished the workout in the gym. Mm-hmm. I ate a banana and I ate a cereal bar without any insulin and then just went on my way, basically. I I know this for 99.9% of the listeners. This will mean nothing to them, but I am genuinely interested. What was your route? Was it around Bray? So the plan was to drive to the gym, yeah. leave the car in the gym, run back home. Sally Nogan gym. Yeah. Yeah. So run back home and then just go back and forth to the gym because the distance, that, well, that was the plan. I love so, it. <laughs> <laughs> forward to the gym. Yeah, so, so, basically, so basically I drove to the gym and I know because I've, I've ran home from the gym before and it's about nine or 10K. Okay. So in my head, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll drive to the gym, run back home, run to the gym, run back home, run to the gym four, four-ish times, and that'll be 42K, basically. <laughs> I'm just, I just have this image in my head of your parents standing at the door going, where's Owen? Oh, here he's coming. Owen, where's your car? <laughs> yeah. oh, I gotta go. Oh, crap, I forgot it in the gym. Run back to the gym. Yeah, yeah. Run back. You forgot your car again, Owen. Oh, shit. Run back. Mm. Oh. Um, so basically how it happened then was left the car in the gym, Ran back home. That was about 10-ish K. And then when I was running back to the gym, I just kind of decided I'm not going to take the turn back up. I'll just keep running straight. So basically, anybody listening who kind of lives around the Dublin area will know that it was basically just straight down the N11. That's just a straight road. Oh, that's where I live. Yeah. I actually I would have loved if it, I saw you. I, 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 in my head, I was thinking, oh, I'd love if Graham was like driving around or he was out for some reason and saw me. Um, but basically just went the whole way down the N11, just that straight road yeah. to Donnybrook and then mm. just turned around and ran home. <laughs> ran back to Bray. Ran back to Bray. And then did and that was it. Run, and, and then you had to get lift to Sally Logan to get your car. Well, what happened, what happened was the gym closes at half seven on a Sunday. Yeah. So I was thinking, I can't remember what time it was, but I was thinking like I was coming close to finishing it. And I knew that going up to the gym wasn't going to be the whole distance. So I I, call, I called my parents and were like, here, is there any chance you can just drive to the gym and pick up the car because they're, they're going to lock the gates and it'll be stuck there and I won't have it. Um, so basically just didn't go back to the gym, just left the car and ran home. A few questions not diabetes related. What do your, what did your parents make of the fact that you just got up in the morning to do a marathon? They thought I was joking because <laughs> I was talking to my dad in the morning. Yeah. And I think I was having a coffee or something and he was like, he was asking me what I'm going to do for a day. And I said, oh, I think I'm going to do a marathon. And he looked at me as if I had two heads. And he was like, no, you're not. I said, excuse me? <laughs> excuse <laughs> me, Tom? What did you say? Excuse me? Looks like I'm doing a marathon now, Tom. Um, 
that was about it. But sure, they they were happy that it is. Um, <laughs> mental state, mind over matter. How did you find it? I was as sharp finishing as I was starting. Wow! And you know the way you hear, like, oh, your mind gives out before your body. For me, my body gave up long before my mind, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I I was grand. Like, if I physically was able, I could have kept going. I didn't feel mentally tired. I suppose that's what I love about, and that's what I loved about even doing the 48-mile thing, was you're so out of your comfort zone. And I was trying to articulate this to my dad when I was chatting to him after. And I was like, when you do a marathon or a long-distance run or some sort of so something like that that you're like out of your comfort zone something you haven't done before it's kind of like you're unlocking a different part of your mind in a strange sort of way because it's kind of like you're facing a different challenge that you haven't experienced yet and i remember with the 48 mile thing you're completely sleep deprived in between the four hours so obviously you do the run for four hours the first 30 40 minutes is the run by the time you get home you know, you might only have two and a half hours break before you have to do the next run. And I remember even before I started, I was like, I cannot wait for the ones that are hard. And I was like, I can't wait for the ones that are hard because it gives you an opportunity to kind of be in a different headspace and to see what your decision making is like at that time or what you're saying to yourself at that time and it's like because you're so uncomfortable every single party is like what are you doing stop running or go home or do you know that kind of way mm-hmm. but i felt anyway personally i'm just kind of like in a different part of my head and you're kind of facing something psychologically that you haven't really faced before mm. and that's obviously what long distance and endurance athletes get from it and that's even what richie talked about it's like when you put yourself through something that's so uncomfortable and so different to an average day for you 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 can kind of like have a different conversation in your head you can be thinking about different things you can there are these challenges that you don't normally face. And then when you do face them and you come out the other side of them, it's like, holy shit, excuse my language. Like the satisfaction that you get from it is absolutely unbelievable. So I remember, I specifically remember that about the 48 hour thing. That was more mentally tough because you're sleep deprived and you almost can't see the finish line because you do your first 6.6 K And then when you get home, you're like, well, I have another 46 hours of this. Do you know that kind of way? Mm. And I think that's why with the marathon, I felt I was as sharp finishing as I was starting mentally, because it's like you started on a Sunday afternoon and you know you're going to finish it on a Sunday evening. It's not as long. Yeah. Now, I found the marathon physically more challenging because it's just constant. How but, did your legs hold up? Because I know you had trouble with your knee, wasn't it? Yeah, not good at all. Time. Not good. 10K, 15K, 20K, 25. No problem. 
right? Hit, I physically hit a wall at 30. <clears throat> and my hamstring went, my, le- oh. my the hamstring on my right leg went, and then my left foot kind of went on my, and I actually thought I'd broken a bone in my left foot because I physically couldn't walk on it for like two or three days after. Wow. And I was thinking, oh, that's more than just like a muscular thing. And even this morning, I did a 5K and kind of coming up to the end of it. Now, my foot obviously isn't broken. If it was broken, I'd, I'd know all about it. But there's still a niggle there. How did your bloods react to it? Constantly fighting to keep them up. But no surprise, because I didn't make the necessary adjustments with my insulin. So I knew going into it, look, I'm probably going to be fighting the bloods the whole time here. And how did so, you fight them? With what? The, those uh, glucose drinks. So I just brought loads of them in my bag. And basically what I did was I had my Dexcom on. Obviously, I changed my low alarm, as I do when I'm running, to 5.5 millimoles instead of 4.5. So if it drops to 5.5, I'll be notified on my watch because they're linked or whatever. So I can say, right, they're probably on the way down. So that's when I top myself up. But see, it was a nightmare because I didn't want to stop running. So if my, if my bloods were kind of trending lower, I'd have to take off my bag while I was running, get out a glucose drink, and then drink the drink and put it back into my bag and get the bag back on. Um, so I was just constantly trying to top myself up. So as I said, if I had been planning for this a few days or a week in advance, I would have reduced my insulin to counteract those drops. It was, I was expecting it, so it was, it was all part of it. Can you remember, what was your time? Are you happy with your time? Absolutely not. It was like, uh, oh, I think it was like four, four and a half hours or something. Okay. I wasn't doing it for time, but see, I was absolutely sailing, as I said, for 10, 15, 20, 25. But once I hit 30, that's when my hamstring went. And it was like, you should, you should have seen me. I was, think, I was thinking like, People driving by must have thought, what is that lad up to? Because it was the most awkward looking run because physically I was in so much pain from my hamstring and my foot, but I knew I couldn't stop. And basically <laughs> what happened was, obviously because it gets dark much earlier now, and it was on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon, it got dark very quickly. And because I wasn't running as fast because of my hamstring and my foot, I got really cold. And I was thinking, look, I'm running the marathon. I'll be, I'll be hot the whole yeah. way through. But I wasn't because once the sun set and the hamstring and the foot went, the pace slowed and I got quite cold quite quickly. And I remember it was, it was weird because when I kind of got to like 30, 35K, you're just kind of like in that different headspace. Like I was talking about, I was kind of just like tunnel vision the road in front of me and not, nothing else, you know, that kind of way. Mm. And I felt as if my hearing got really sensitive and any car that went by me annoyed me so much because it felt so loud. And there were a couple of times where motorbikes on two separate occasions flew by me and gave me the fright of my life because I felt like my hearing was so sensitive. And then these motorbikes, like this, I nearly jumped. Were you listening to music or a podcast or anything? I listened to a podcast for the first 30 minutes and then shut it off. 
Just you so, and your thoughts. Just me and my thoughts. And the motorbikes <laughs> on the N11 going to break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was the wow. same with the 48 mile thing. Didn't listen to any music with that. And I don't listen to music when I'm running because it's kind of like a time for me to just kind of relax, be at yeah. peace. Do you know Because like, oh. I'm always listening to podcasts or on the on the phone or yeah. listening yeah. to music or whatever. So it's a quiet time. Do you know that kind of way? It's really nice. Yeah, I get <clears> it. Yeah, I understand. That fascinating. I love that. Anything else I didn't ask that you wanted to share about it? I think and what was going through my head during it was that I wanted to kind of put myself through something that was uncomfortable, you know, and I wanted to do that because my clients and the people that I work with, I ask them to do things that are uncomfortable, you know, like I don't ask them to run marathons, but like if I'm asking somebody to get into better habits or try different things or exercise more or get a certain amount of steps each day or try and work out three times a week. Things that aren't necessarily comfortable for them starting out, but then obviously they get used to it and and they kind of progress as they go, obviously. I think a part of it for me was that because it's like I can't expect people that I work with to do things that make them uncomfortable or do something on a day, even if they don't really feel like doing it, but they know that it's better for them. And I think there was a bit of that for me thinking, look, if I'm going to ask other people to do it that I work with, I need to do things that are uncomfortable too. Now, as I said, I don't ask people to run marathons. Everyone has their things. Like for somebody listening right now to like for me, I can do a 5k, 6k, no problem. But for me, a 20k half marathon in my head is my marathon. And for someone else, just doing, just just going for a walk is their marathon. Like mm. everyone is in a different kind of mindset and different uh, phase of their life. So hopefully someone listening now will be inspired by you wake up in the morning and deciding to go for a marathon. And <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have to go to do a marathon to prove yourself. But you know what? If if you're lying on the couch and you're thinking, ah, oh, I've had a shite day, I just watch mm. telly, knowing full well that you should maybe go for a little bit of a run or a little bit of a walk or even go and kick a football with one of your friends mm. hopefully that this podcast will help you do it and maybe uh stick back in your subconscious somewhere that kind of to get you up when you're not feeling like you want to do it just go oh, owen just did a marathon on a whim i can go for a walk absolutely and, it, and another part of it before we jump off was the satisfaction that i got personally for completing that was massive and I remember thinking about it on the Sunday night when I went to bed and thinking, I feel amazing right now because obviously there's loads of endorphins flying because I've ran a long distance. But as well, it's that personal satisfaction of I've done something that I've wanted to do for a while. And then I thought about it for more time and I was like, I feel this way on a random Sunday. And I feel this way on a random Sunday because I made the decision to do something on a random Sunday. And then part of me was like, how many times have I missed out on this feeling because I didn't decide to do something because I kept putting something off or I kept having an excuse not to do something. 
And for me, I think even just personally, the fact that I just did it on a random day was like, well, maybe I should be making these decisions to do things yeah. more frequently to get this sense of satisfaction and achievement that we can all get from whatever it is we want to do. I, I think we've said it to each other before when just we have those days where um, we'd be like, oh, I'm just not bothered going to the gym because myself and yourself, we would gym very regularly. But the odd day you'd be like, oh, just don't know if I bother. But I think we've both said you've never felt worse after a gym session yeah. ever. So oh. you might be feeling a little bit tired and stuff like that. And you mightn't bother going. You will continue to feel shit and tired and slumpy. But if you go, 99.9% of the time, you are going to feel much better. Yeah. So that's th- this, is what I'm, this is what I'm taking from this. I struggle getting motivated to do this half marathon. So, and sometimes I put off the run. Like I know it's, oh, I'll go to the gym instead of a run. But in my head, I go, you have to go for more runs because you have to get fit. So I think this has kind of given me a little bit of a kick up the arse, basically. To uh, for the want of a better 100%. phrase, even ju- like everybody should be doing, like based from my experience doing doing the marathon on the random Sunday. If everybody made the decision to do things that we've wanted to do, or things that we've been putting off, or thinking of excuses, if we did them more often, and we just said, "No, look, I'm doing it." the the feeling that you get from it is is hard to describe and richie talked about that in his episode too yeah of like everything seems easy to him now because he put himself through such a difficult physical and mental challenge so next time we're doing a podcast graham i want your half marathon done i yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) we'll go out for one it was a pleasure, Owen. Thank you very much. I, I love that. Absolutely. And look, we're nearly 2022. So I just want to take a minute to say a massive, 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 massive thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast. It has been almost two whole years of the podcast, which seems incredible because it kind of just flew by, which is kind of weird. Graham, we've had some good conversations. Mm. And I hope... You listening, you've been able to benefit and you have learned and gained from the people that we've had and the experiences that we've shared and look forward to 2022 because we have a lot planned and a lot more to come. It's only getting bigger. So if you've been a fan of the podcast, don't worry, we are sticking around for a little while longer and we are going to give you even more. That's all we'll say for now. Until there's a cure podcast will be here <laughs> we'll probably be waiting a while but until 2022 it's a goodbye from graham goodbye and it's a goodbye from me goodbye <laughs> take it easy <laughs> <laughs>